Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I am here in Las Vegas the day before our boot camp with Sassy Red. Thanks so much for getting on the podcast with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We've been talking for a while about, and we're actually uh, going to do two, mm-hmm. but this first one is really just about your story. And uh, for those who don't know, Sassy Red has been a member of the site for a year or two, but has spent the last year as a full-time Advantage player with uh, about six figures in profits along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's going to share a bit of her story with us now. Again, thanks for uh, sitting down with me. Okay. So do you want to just hear how I got into Blackjack? What do you want to know first? Well, actually, I want to start way before that. And I, I was actually sharing uh, one of the people that helped me put together some of these questions because to be honest, guys, uh, there's a lot that goes on around a boot camp <laughs> between planning the boot camp, but planning some of the non boot camp things that, that generally tend to happen, as well as trying to do these podcasts. But someone helped me uh, come up with a few extra questions, and that was uh, Gus45, who helps right. manage our forum. And he wanted to know yes. uh, about your form- formative years specifically, what brought you to Africa? Uh, I'm the daughter of missionaries. Um, my dad actually was a chemical engineer, and my mother's a nurse. And my um, he decided that he wanted to teach the higher level maths and sciences to missionary kids. And so um, I was on a uh, American missionary school campus for junior high and high school. So what what ages? Um, from twelve to uh, seventeen. Twelve to seventeen, and. Uh, is this evangelical missionaries, Mormon yep, more missionaries? More mainstream. Main, yeah. yeah. Um, mainstream. So did, did you know we have that in common? I did not. I did knew you know, RPK, right? Uh, so we actually have quite... I didn't know that, that you lived in Africa. I didn't live in Africa, but I lived in Costa Rica when I was seven. I've been in Costa Rica. my parents were uh, studying at the language school to become missionaries. Mm-hmm. And then, long story short, we came back to the U.S. until I finished uh, well, I finished college, and then my parents built a feeding center in Guatemala, and they were there for four years. Um, but m- while they were there in Guatemala, my dad taught missionary kids. And how about that? Uh, yeah, I did not yeah. know we had that in common. Yeah, so he taught English and, and uh, some stuff like that. And my mom was a nurse practitioner. Get out of town. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, it was nice talking with you. I'll see you later. <laughs> I've got to leave. Oh, surprise. Uh, no, awesome. no. Uh, yeah, she was a nurse. And then she, when I was in college, she got a nurse practitioner degree and uh, to be able to do more mission missions work. And so she actually uh, started working out at a clinic in a village that people would walk miles to, to mm-hmm. for themselves or their kids to get medical help. And then that was where they were realizing kids were literally starving to death. Yeah. And my parents were like, well, we got to do something. So they, they, uh, raise the funds and use some of their own and, and build a feeding center. So we have that in common. Cool. Uh, it's fun. You know, we could talk about blackjack, but we could also talk about... <laughs> missionary kid Yeah, stuff. we had a missionary kid thing. So, like haggling in markets. Have you ever done that? Yes, of course. Oh, that's so fun. Of course. And it's like, I get as, as worked up, mm-hmm. try to get a good deal. That's why I'm a good comp hustler. <laughs> this is why I don't pay for anything on the road, because I know how to haggle in markets. Yes. Oh, that is awesome. So uh, did you grow up living anywhere else? Actually, I have. I've lived in, I don't know if it's seven or nine different states because before my folks went to the mission field, my dad would keep getting transferred um, with the chemical company that he worked with. So I said before I was five years old, I lived in Texas, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Maine, and then we were in Colorado. Um, 
overseas, and I went to uh, college at a Christian liberal arts university called Wheaton outside yes. in the western Chicago suburbs. Wow. So that's where I met my former husband, who was a singer in a Christian heavy metal band, yes. and that got us to Nashville. So he made 12 records, and I tour managed for that group for a while. And then my uh, then we spent two years in Paraguay, so I have done missions work in Cent- that's South America, not Central America. Um, so we were there for two years. That was right around Y2K. We came home. And um, life didn't go according to plan right after that. Uh-huh. But, um, and so you're getting this, the little snippet, I guess. So maybe I should stop and let you ask the next question. Well, well I, one of the things that I wanted to ask is all that travel. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that kind of prepared you? you know, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because I know how to um, be efficient with a trip, mm. and um, the way I because I live in a state now that has no casinos, and my closest I live in rural Tennessee, and I spent twenty five years in Nashville, but I'm in rural Tennessee now, and it takes me almost two hours to get to an airport, and I want to be efficient when I go. Yeah, so um, I plan to hit several different casinos. I try to bookend them together and. Um, Minimize how many times I'm having to drive back and forth between uh-huh. the airport and home, parking expenses, all that. My tour managed days made me pretty efficient with that. Yeah, oh, that's so. awesome. I was even thinking, you know, because I moved a ton as a kid. I think being comfortable amidst chaos, yes. is kind of an essential yeah. to being a, a card counter or, or an AP because you, if you can't handle that, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might wake up and be like, wait, where am, where am I? <laughs> I often wake up not knowing where I am. It takes me a minute. But something popped into my head when you said that. It's like the casino was a foreign environment. It was a yeah. foreign country to me. Mm. And I've done that a lot. Yeah. So um, I've actually spent the night in every U.S. state except Alaska and Hawaii. Wow. Because I, you know, cause I traveled with my family but also traveled, um, well, my family of origin and then also with my nuclear family when I was married. So. Uh-huh. Yep, been all over, seen it all. Wow, so. wow. And now you're traveling from state to state. Because <laughs> I still love it. I yeah. still love that part. Okay, so, so you, you don't get sick of the travel? Well, I didn't say that. Okay. I like airports and airplanes less than I used to. Yes. But the, the shine is off, a little of that romance, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, well, that's really interesting. Um, so then, let's back up. You, you kind of went from childhood to... To current, but let's back up kind of in the middle there. Um, what did you do before Advantage Play then as an adult? Or after, let's say, post-managing your, right, the, band. the band. Well, um, when when we came, I worked part-time things with the, uh, in jobs connected with my church when we came back from the mission field. Uh-huh. And that was for about 10 years. And um, then after my marriage ended, I decided to get a master's degree in counseling. Um, so I did that and worked in the therapy field, um, for a couple of years and, and then I was, I had a corporate job then as well. So I was doing therapy sessions and working for a corporate company. Um, and they promoted me to head up their, uh, addictions treatment, mostly dealing with nicotine, um, you know, helping, uh, our clients, employees, um, so I, Quit smoking or tobacco. So I was in tobacco control. I was a certified tobacco treatment specialist. Uh, and you, where do you get a certification for that? Um, well, there's lots of different places that offer it. But uh-huh. like, um, I was part of an association for tobacco tr- uh, treatment use and dependence. And I probably said it's a tood. I probably did the acronym all wrong. <laughs> so, um, but you know, you just look, and there's different. They offer different treatment 
certification, um, sorry, different certification programs throughout the year. Okay. So I just attended one of those. And what did you study at Wheaton? Sociology. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you have a counseling degree? I do. Okay. So I have a, my bachelor's in sociology from Wheaton and then a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Trevecca in Nashville. Okay. Okay. No. And then from there into... Uh-huh, and I did, and then I was certified as an addiction specialist and a tobacco treatment okay. specialist. Okay, man. So, so we're gonna we're gonna actually do the the second podcast we're gonna do is is about handling emotions and a lot a lot because of your background mm-hmm. and, and I can't wait to talk about that. But I'll I'll hold off on some of those questions for now. But uh, how did you even dis- work that towards discovering court okay. accounting? So while I was working in that corporate job. Um, and I was now single. I had a friend who called on a Saturday morning. I'd never been in a casino. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know. And actually, my family, when we were in Africa, people play cards all the time. And I was the kid in the family who never wanted to play. I just, oh, wow. I'm not, this is the interesting thing about me being an AP. I'm not competitive. I was mm. talking. I always root for the underdog. I hate to make anybody else lose, which made my stuff with ploppies, ploppies really hard to deal yeah. with. We'll talk about that later. But I'm not competitive. And I never wanted to play with my family because I never wanted to beat any of them. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be beat. Maybe it was more that. Mm. But So I was never interested in things like that. And then one day I had a friend call me and say, let's take a day trip. I want to go up to Metropolis. This is when I was in Nashville. I want to go up to the casino in Metropolis. And I'm like, are you serious? I've never been in a casino. That sounds dumb. And he's like, no, no, it's really fun. Come on, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> and so well, I found out later he had a gambling problem. Okay. And his car was in the shop. Uh, and he was jonesing to go. Oh, wow. And I was a friend. We were just buddies um, from church. And so I was like, and I was home alone. And I was like, fine, I'll go. And I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. But I did get to drink for free. So, um, <laughs> but, so I talked. At the time, my firstborn was working surveillance for a casino wow. in an East Coast city. And... Um, I talked to him about that. He goes, Mom, if you if you feel like you want to hang out with Rob and it's going to be in casinos, learn how to play blackjack. Uh-huh. Blackjack's a beatable game, or at least the house edge is really, really low. Like, don't play slots. Slots yeah. are dumb. And that's what I had watched Rob do all day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could never do that. Yeah. Um, so I started looking like at Wizard of Odds is what I found uh-huh. first uh-huh. and started playing kind of their little play for fun freebie thing. And I was yeah. like, that's kind of fun. And studying the basic strategy chart. So if I went, at least I felt like, okay, maybe I can break even and get comps. And my attitude about that at the time is, if I can play really low stakes game and lose, because I could calculate, okay, they have a half a percentage edge. I know how much, and I played this. I knew what my theor- theoretical yeah. loss was, even yeah. then. And I went, well, if the value of the hotel rooms and the meals and that equals that, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's where my head was when yeah. I first started doing it. And I enjoyed the game. Yeah. But then um, I lost some and I didn't like that. <laughs> well, yeah, and of course, the casinos aren't offering a break even thing with they are hotel, not. you know, but but it can feel close to it for entertainment. Right, and that's what I thought at first, but I very quickly became dissatisfied with that arrangement. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you can actually beat it, how do you do that? And so I started to study and look and search, uh-huh. and that's when I found you. And that's when I start. So I got a deck out, and I'm like, "Can I count down a deck?" Yeah, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, actually, tell me, tell me about that uh, because I don't remember. Okay. I, I don't even know if I did that. And I, I've been, I've actually been playing with with a. It's almost like a magic trick thing, mm-hmm. and I feel so dumb. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, oh, this is probably what it was when I first counted, but I don't even remember. It was so long ago, and I don't even think I did just do it. De- I'm sure I did. I just don't even remember it. So tell, tell me. I just remember reading something about counting down a deck, and it had never occurred to me before. And so I tried it, and I was awful at it. But Like, did you feel like you couldn't remember which was a plus or a or No, like, that, was, that part wasn't hard. I just, um, I was just slow. Yeah. I was just really slow. And, um, and I think I did make mistakes at first, but like I just sat there and did it for like three hours the first day I ever uh-huh. did it. Uh-huh. And um, I started to feel competitive with myself. Yeah. And so. So were, were you getting better or was it like a step forward and a step back or? I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm asking because I, I feel so dumb trying trying to learn this 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 <laughs> trick, and I'm like, man, am I can I not am I getting to that age where it's harder to learn? I don't think so. I think it's just I don't remember how hard mm-hmm. it was at the beginning. So I'm curious. Um, and, and this was like two years ago, so it's a little fuzzy for me too because it was one of those exercises. Once I found the drills, yeah. I put aside and stopped doing. Especially since I have really okay. tiny hands, and yeah. it's really hard to flip cards yeah. for me. So, um, so I just you, remember that was the first thing I did. Yeah. And so I don't really remember. Okay. But then you started training. Uh-huh. I found you. Uh-huh. and Or I found Blackjack Apprenticeship. And I th- I can't remember if I emailed you or there was like the um, – anyhow, we got in contact and I – told you way too much about my story in an email and now it's kind of funny because I'm like oh he probably gets lots of those I, <laughs> I thought it was so unique but I'm not at all um, and so then I spent some time on the free site and mm-hmm. decided it was and uh, worth it to invest in and decided if I'm going to do this I'm going to a boot camp mm-hmm. so I think the first time I reached out to you was I think April of 2017 and I was at the June boot camp yeah and I worked my Back and off for two months uh-huh. um, with the drills and all that. So, yeah. and I was I was making trips. Um, I was now in rural Tennessee, and I was making trips to the North Carolina shops. Uh-huh. Um, then, because I really did not understand, don't play if you have oh, a floppy. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I, I think I remember remember when you came to the boot camp, there were some kind of. Like you'd clearly worked on your game, but then there were also some kind of gambler things that you'd say, and and Mm -hmm. I I remember I was probably a little harsh, but I kind of called it out. I remember you you know, uh, but but how did that transition go post boot camp? Or or? well, I mean, the thing that was so valuable to me about being at that boot camp, and I don't know if this is common or not, um, but I thought I was smarter than I was. That is it. Or better than I was. Yeah, it, it is common, and I don't want to discourage people um, because I think uh, I, I've actually been really thinking about this. Uh, like, how do you create those kind of micro wins? Because if if there's if it just feels like well, it's going to take forever, mm-hmm. then people feel like it can't be done. And it, and we've always told people, yeah, you, it just takes time, but then. It takes. It doesn't take after after a while. You're like, oh, I'm I've come a long way, mm-hmm. and so you're like, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, and then it's not uncommon to say, okay, well, you have come a long way, but you're you're not there yet. Some people they are. Some people they show up and it's like, wow, that was really impressive. But most often, I think people, you know, what I always say, you got to learn what you don't know. Don't know. Yeah. And. I think it helped me just, you know, being a little older um, and having the life experiences that I had, I think I was able to process, process that you don't know what you don't know, so go home and learn it. Yeah. And, like um, post boot camp or post boot camp. I, I was really committed when I went home to closing those, those gaps because I was starting. 
my motivation, I'm sorry, I sometimes I do half sentences. My mother used to do that too. <laughs> um, my motivation for wanting to be in the game was starting to develop. Yeah, it started um, with, oh, well, if I'm going to be in a casino, I mm-hmm. might as well learn to play with the edge. But right. Then it started to morph, and I was like, I could make a go with this because I had some things on my side. We can get to that in a minute. But um, and I was really, I was never cut out for corporate America. I was, I was able. I had a kind of a cushy job because I was able to work remotely. I headed a team. I had some authority. Um, I was making a decent living. But I absolutely hated being in a corporate culture. I yeah. guess is the. I didn't do well with a hundred to hundred and fifty emails a day. People oh wanting me all the time, um, dealing with pain a lot. Even even just with helping people quitting tobacco, it's such a it's such a tough process. But it really helped me with my blackjack. Oh, wow. Watching people go through that process and be successful, I'm like, if they can mm-hmm. do that, I can do this. Yeah. And um, but I just didn't want to be in that world anymore. And mm-hmm. I wanted. I had that freedom. I think. You know, with the band, um, I was used to being with somebody who was self-employed, and I knew what kind of flexibility and freedom that was. I wanted mm-hmm. that back. Yeah, and I wanted to be able to call the shots about where I worked, how long I worked, who, um, and to see my people that are important to me are spread out all over this country, mm-hmm. and this is a way to get to them. Okay, too. yeah, so. yeah, that, that's interesting because. Um, you know, we've done road trips, me and my wife and our kids, blackjack road trips. It's been, it's been a while, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it was based around the people we wanted to see. Yeah. And there's going to be casinos mm-hmm. in between there. I can see my grandkids, like they're near Philly and I'm like, awesome. I can yeah. play F- Philadelphia yeah. game, or Pennsylvania games and sure. see my grandbabies. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, another thing I feel like I want to share is, um, I think, your evidence, it can be done, but also I want to say you're the exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people that say, oh, I'm going to just quit my corporate job and become a full-time card counter, and, and it, it's rare. It's, it's doable, but it's rare. Uh, do you think that, what do you think maybe, I don't know, is there something that you feel like made you able to push through where a lot of people, it's, it's probably not the best idea to just quit their job. Probably, and I was going to get to that too. That's why I said I had some ben- some things going for me to be able to do that. Um, one was that you know I'm a little bit later in my life and um, I don't have debt. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I had been savvy about that leading up to yeah, this that, time of my life. You can't understate Mm-mm. that. It is so much, if you have a much smaller cost of living yeah. is so much easier. My cost of living is super small right now. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I don't know how much to say. It's just hardly anything. It's yeah. low. Yeah. Um, so I had that going for me and I had uh, a significant savings. I would say over a year worth of expenses oh, wow. saved. Maybe even more than that. Wow. Um, so I had that cushion. Um, I also had an investor. So mm-hmm. I was able to start with a, a sizable bankroll. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you have investor cuts in that. But um, so I, I had sat down and really figured out how much I needed to generate in order to make that transition worth it mm-hmm. to me. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't small. Yeah. Um, so I said it was 150% of my annual salary. Is the only is is as low as I would go. Was to how much it. did you say? One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty percent of my annual uh-huh. salary, mm-hmm. because you have other things that come into play. Your travel expenses. I have yeah. an investor cut. Tax issues. Things yeah. like that. So um, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna do a lateral move. 
even uh-huh. for the freedom. Oh, wow. Um, I wanted it to be more because I want to retire early. Uh-huh. That was my goal. Uh-huh. So with that, then I figured out what kind of EV games do I need to play? Mm-hmm. How much bankroll do I need to do that? What I didn't know, and I actually was going to talk about this in the next podcast, was I had no idea about the heat that would cause. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, so that's actually a really good point. Um, and, and a mutual friend, I won't, I won't say who it was, but I remember um, another, you know, say like BJ, BJ Pro, someone that, that is in, in the you know, six figures of profit. But when he first started out, he had his own money. But he was like, oh, I've got someone that'll bankroll me. And that's great because then I can generate more EV. And I'm like, well, you have to also give them mm-hmm. now their part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not this, you know, if you're now betting, let's, let's just say an investor means you can bet twice as much, generate twice as much EV. You're also going to have a lot more heat. Yep. And I actually encouraged him to not take on the investor because, uh, you know, then he's, if you want to bet twice as much to make the same amount of money, what's the point? Because you're also bringing on on more heat. He he didn't take my advice, and it's worked out fine for him. <laughs> but uh, you know, talk about talk about that. Well, and I think my investor situation too. I, I have a pretty good deal, so that yeah. makes it. I've heard others that don't have as good a deal as I do, so that yeah. makes a difference too. But um, so that would be the one thing I I just. That was a little hard. It was a little bit of a shock yeah. because I played for a year with no heat. Yeah, I think I got a little cocky. Yes, um, and so you know you bump the bet spread up, the swings get a little harder. Yes, and I remember telling you at one time when I saw you during a boot camp week, I said, "Dang, I've uh, I've lost and won in." Twice in the last two days, five grand, and I hadn't even have my full bets. You know, I hadn't yeah. even bumped my bets up yet. Yeah. And you're like, you said something. You just lost five grand today, and I said, Yeah, I've done it twice. I did it yesterday too. <laughs> down, up, down. Yeah. And that was new for me. Yeah. But it was also encouraging that I dealt with it. Yeah. Pushed through it. Mm-hmm. Kept going. Yeah. Um, because by the time I had done that, I knew that was my only option. Yeah. So, but there was a little bit of time where you were doing both, right? Uh huh. Um, yes, because I start. I, I passed my test out. So I worked really hard after that June test out. I mean, that June boot camp came back in August and tested out probably by a whisker. That was only so June. That was only a couple months. It was like seven yeah. weeks. Yeah, it was. It was by a whisker, but yeah. you, you know, no mistakes were made, and mm-hmm. you know, and you battled through it. And and I don't. I think I said, hey, don't just go out there and, and start firing away. You, you did. Know? It was well, great advice. Okay, good. So yeah, because I told him, I told, I said him, he's sitting right here. I told Colin that I have this this um, bankroll and this is my intended spread. And he goes, why don't you back that up a little bit and kind of get do? You said about fifty to hundred more hours. Yeah, at um, just a little bit higher spread than I had been using. Yeah, and ramp it up slowly. It was it was great advice. Good. Um, so well, that's what we did with the church team. Um, and honestly, you know. I started out with a seven dollar betting unit, wow, and uh, then got to graduate to a ten dollar betting unit and a twenty five dollar betting unit and a fifty dollar and hundred dollar. You know, uh, I don't. Some of the people that joined the church team, you know, I don't know how they did it, going from red chipping to to purple and yellow. You know, and, and so, it's but we generally yeah. for the church team, someone tests out, and then we gave them, you know, it's like two hundred dollar max. They could bet up to two hundred bucks or whatever, a couple spots of two hundred bucks, and then after forty hours or eighty, I don't remember exactly. But then we'd say, okay, now you can bet up to five hundred, and then you know when you have a hundred hours under your belt, even if you 
played perfectly before, you will be so much more comfortable and uh, natural and all those things that you want to get through your system before you're putting your entire bankroll at risk. Yeah. And I still don't think too much about how much money's on the table or how much has come and gone during a day because living in the third world, and I don't know if you experienced this either, because I was having a conversation with a very successful pro once who was kind of pushing me a little bit to bump the spread up even harder. He's like, Mm. why wouldn't you do it? You can afford it. And I said, I know what my limitations are. And for some reason, I see that money out there and I still see wells. How many wells that will mm. buy? How much clean water for somebody that will buy? It's, it's something I don't think I can ever get out of my yeah. head completely. And I've had to talk myself through those moments yeah. at the table because I can't look at it. You cannot because yeah. <laughs> it will make you crazy. Yeah. But um, it's just that's been a struggle for me. And I'm happy with the EV at, at the, the level I'm playing. Um, I'm still always open to it. I've yeah. tried to kind of edge towards it some, yeah. but I just haven't made big moves yeah. since I've done that. Yeah, I don't see it as, as binary. There are different ways people can generate EV, and uh, you know, some people couldn't do it unless it were just maximum. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about um, Josh Axelrad's book, Repeat Untold Rich, and they ju- their team just had this ethos of there is no there's no pump in the brakes, you know, and that's how, that's how they did it. There are other people that their goal is to fly under the radar, and they you know whatever. I guess my point is deal with reality. Right. Whatever limit, like, don't say, "Oh, I'm going to make a thousand dollars an hour and bet in a way where you're breaking even." That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I've been very aware of because of the hours I put on, I'm just under 700 hours now. Wow. Um, and so I'm aware of this is what this is going to cost. Yes. You. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, "Do I want to do this differently in order to generate more EV?" Mm-hmm. And I'm still answering that question. Yeah. I'm still open to it, but I'm aware of what the cost is. Good. Yes. Ex- exactly. So uh, face face reality. Know what every cover bet is going to cost you, and what every big bet is going to cost you, <laughs> uh, and and uh, then make your decision accordingly to to really fit your goal. That's at the end of the day, I want people to align advantage play with their goals. Right. And uh, if you do that, whether your goal is profitable hobby, break even hobby, or trying to make you know a half a million dollars in a year, wh- whatever your goal is, uh, use advantage play for that, and and I'll be I'll feel like my I've done my job well. Yeah. And so I'm just going to catch up the timeline. So I when I tested out in August, I played until February uh-huh. before I quit my course. So that's okay. six months. Okay. Well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you went full time. It's yeah. been just over a, a year. year. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how are you feeling a year in? I feel really good. I mean, I've had a I've had a rough spot the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But but I'm excited about the EV. Uh, it's been really good. I was completely solo for um, until about two months ago, and I have. I've been traveling a little bit. We're not teammates, but we are working together somewhat, uh-huh. and that has helped kind of the just the lone wolf yeah. thing. I did not do well with that. Okay, that was hard. Well, it's good to figure that out. And mm-hmm. and how many hours a month are you averaging? I'm tr- I'm shooting for fifty. Okay, so I've got under. Yeah. I think my best month was seventy five. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. And and it's been a lot better traveling with someone. Yeah, it helps. He drives. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah. So for the church team, we had some people that they were just flew solo. Other people that always planned a trip 
with someone else. I think that's really good to figure out what works works for you because you're going to burn out if you're if you're not using it in a way that that mm-hmm. works for you. Or worse, you know, not just burn out at the tables, but you know, you can start making some bad decisions yep. on the road or, or anything like that. So uh, back to blackjack. What do you have preference? Shoe games, double deck. Uh, I love double deck, but there's somebody in the room who told me to leave double deck for dessert. But I love my sugar. Oh, uh, that's it. I'll leave double deck for, for dessert. That's all. Yeah, uh, I just like the higher EV. For me, the way my brain works, it feels a little bit. I mean, I like dividing by you know one one and a half two. I mean, it's just I get into yeah. those running counts of like 19 divided by 3.5, and it uh-huh. it takes me a minute. Uh-huh. So for me, the mechanics of double deck are a little simpler, and I like how it moves. Mm-hmm. Um, has a little more heat to it. Yeah, but I've done a lot of hours with double deck. Okay, and I like it. Okay, so I like any blackjack game that's this <laughs> yeah. like worth worth my time in EV. Um, I think it's it's fun mixing it up, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, double deck definitely has its merits. It's my game. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about single deck. I've only played it once, but I don't think I've got the nuances down of it yet. So I need to talk to someone that's a little more schooled with single deck because I have some opportunities to play a three to two single deck game. We'll see. Okay. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you've already crushed that by the time this comes out. Uh, so, what about um, like do you, do you Wong in at all? Wong out? I used to do a lot more, uh-huh. and I think just my I don't a lot now. Yeah, I but when I have, it's been awesome. Um, I don't like to spend a whole lot of t- time trying to do it. I think that's just my own lack of patience. Okay, it's just a personality quirk. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I run the numbers, I'm like, I can I can afford to because I will spread huge. Yeah, so I'd rather spread huge, take the heat, then, and play a shoe than Wong. And that's just me. Okay. I'm not saying I don't yeah. know that's necessarily a good thing. Uh-huh. But I know that's what I can do. Yeah, so. and it, it, really, if you're dealing with reality with the numbers, mm-hmm. you know there isn't a right, a right, or wrong answer. Uh, there's pros and cons to either. I've got videos about that. We can discuss yeah. it at boot camp at, at length if people want to or whatever. Um, what about what about backoffs? You said you've had some heat. Do you have any uh, memorable backoffs? Well, my memorable one was losing the shop. I love the most, and that just yeah. happened, and uh, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was just a surprising place for me. It became a sweet spot for me. I got 110 hours of a 340 hour, an hour, $340 an hour game. Yeah. And, you know, I spotted another AP at that, that shop who kind of pulled me aside and said, they're letting, they, they're letting you play cause they like you, but your days mm. are numbered. Wow. And, um, you know, that was nice for him yeah. to tell me, but, uh, that was sad to lose that one. Yeah. Um, and then I had one rude one downtown. I've only been trespassed twice. Uh, one was, and they were both fine. But um, I had a pit boss come up behind me. I put a purple chip on a table downtown casino in Vegas. And I saw this hand, this arm, reach around my left shoulder and swatted. It just took me by surprise because I didn't see him coming. Yeah. He reached over my shoulder, swatted my chip away from the dealer, and slammed his hand down on the table and said, we're not taking any more action from you. And, I mean, he got it out before I even could turn to look at him. And by the time I did, he was walking, walking away, and I'm wow. like, a coward. And yeah. um, I said, what? And he goes, no, we're not. And he's walking, he's walking down the pit. And I was just left standing there looking at the dealer. And she's like, she shrugs and puts her hands up. I don't know. So I just picked my chip up and that, that didn't feel good. Yeah, that doesn't but, sound fun, but uh, that's not, uh, they're a rougher. Yeah, rougher, sure. rougher, rougher back offs. And, you know, losing, 
losing one of those games that you've played for so many hours, it, there's, there's, uh, I've got those places mm-hmm. in, in my mind of like, oh, darn, it sucks losing this place. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's all, all part of the job. It is. There's 23 of them total, but I really don't oh, think wow. that's that bad. 23 back-offs. Back okay. Well, and yeah, I mean, that sounds... I got plenty more. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's we were talking before we were recording, there's states that you haven't been to that, that you're looking mm-hmm. forward to, hopefully yep. 2019. Yes. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Another thing we have to talk about is you even you even said it that you're the master of the comp. I am. What are some of your favorite negotiating techniques that you use? I mean, I just ask, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, and I'll usually say, Ugh, I just you know dumped. If I'm playing unrated, I'll still ask, even unrated. My <laughs> this may have gotten me. This may have had negative consequences. I'm not even sure to this day. But one time I was playing unrated and didn't want, and I gave them a fake name. I gave them my maiden name. Uh huh. And I talked, I, and, and I did not present an ID. When, usually you have to show your ID if you have a comp because they want to know that that's you. And I got away without even showing my ID for that. I just said it was in my room and then I got lunch. Oh, with, wow. I got lunch on a fake name yeah. without showing ID. But that was only once. Yeah. And I think it, we they, used to be able to pull that off a lot back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's hard it's, now. It's, it's way harder now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it, it may have created. Uh, either a flyer or an OSN situation, so I wouldn't do it again. Uh-huh. So I'm not advising it, but it was kind of fun to get away with it. Well, if I got away with it, but um, I just ask. Um, yeah. I was at a casino I'd been backed off from in the past, and I wanted a room, and I just asked for it. Yeah, and so you know, and I got it. Do you have a favorite comp? Um, I love airfare reimbursements. Oh yeah, those are you've nice. gotten those. I have. Wow, so that's good to hear. I, I, I've gotten that before, and I always bring it up at, at boot camps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, I didn't know if people are still pulling it off because you know it seems like there's more casinos than ever, but but they seem to get stingier mm-hmm. uh, or greedier. I'd like yeah. to say. I think my probably my comp. If I take the um, some of the AP plays, I've. Out of that, just comps like food and hotel and airfare and all that. They're close to twenty grand last year. That's awesome. Yeah, love it. No. So, any any other tips to give people? Just ask. Yeah, and I I mean you have to play rated some. Yeah, I mean if you're really committed to playing unrated, it does get a little harder to ask for them, but you can. And um, I, you know I've worked with someone who's who's played unrated and then asked to back up their rating when they leave. And so they'll get a card then and get off, but uh-huh. it's not checked while they're playing, so they're not playing anymore. Yeah. I guess that's how that, I've never done that. So you'll have to correct me if that's not how it works. Uh, but no. they've gotten all kinds of offers yeah. from stuff like that. Okay. So do you speak multiple languages? A little bit of three languages. Okay. It's been a long time. So okay. So you don't, you're not using that to your advantage? Um, no, I don't okay. think so. I speak a little French and a little Spanish. Okay. So. Okay. Because, uh, that was one of uh, Gus 45's questions. Uh-huh. I think, you know, uh, we've had other bilingual APs that can use it, use it to their advantage. So uh, when you're going out on a trip, do you have a goal of EV or a goal of hours or a goal of, you know, I don't know. Both. So I'll set an EV and an hour goal. Okay. And if I start getting short on hours, then I'll specifically scout for a game that I can boost my EV. Okay. Uh huh. So, and what about do you have like stop 
losses wins. Never. Okay. <laughs> I, I just have to ask for for newer people. They're like, well, if I were up, you know, above EV, I would just stop for the trip. Um, no. I, I, the only time I'm tempted to do that if I think that it'll get me another day. Okay. Um, yes. So, so, so if you feel like, hey, if I I'm up so much, if I keep playing, I risk a, a back off. But if I stop now. Yeah. I'm flying under the radar enough I can get another day's worth of play in. Yeah, so I've done that, especially if like I'm which I always am, I've got a flight leave and then I'm stuck if I can't play. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a situation like that. And that's happened a couple times, but not real often. Yeah, I'll only do that if I think it buys me more time. Okay. And it's really hard to know. Uh, you, you you never know. Uh, you know, we could look back in hindsight and say, Oh, it did. What about do you do you try to see tourists? destinations on trips or is it all work i want to more than i do but i do get pretty tunnel vision when i'm working you know what i think sometimes you have to Mm -hmm. um i think it it can be really difficult to to split attention unless you're you know there are some of those people that they can just go out on the road indefinitely and you know i've talked about i would like to do a year yeah out on the road Wow! Crush it and just never look back. Uh-huh. So, because um, I ha- but I don't know that that will ever happen. Yeah, and I was like, maybe six months, but yeah, maybe I might do that. Yeah, That'll be another story. Okay, well, so. if you do, we'll we'll uh, have to recap okay. that after it happens. So let's talk about a little bit of stuff that's beyond kind of at the tables. What do you think are the, uh, I don't know, pros or cons of being a female card counter versus what a male card counter? has to face. Well, it's interesting, and I can't answer it because I don't know what it's like to be a male yeah. card counter. Okay, well. But I, I think about it a lot, and I wonder. Um, I think I may get a little bit more deference, and I don't know if it's because I'm female or because I'm a little older than, than most. The profiles of most card counters are usually in their 30s, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know. I, I mean, I've never... I just don't know that. Um, so I think I get a little more time on the front end sometimes mm-hmm. um, because it makes sense that maybe that I'd have more money or something like that than a young kid. Um, but people remember me. Yeah. I think they remember most females. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little harder to go back once I've been spotted. So that's that's really interesting. Um, we had uh, we had a few. Uh, Females on on the church team, and one of them, uh, she uh, she looked like a model, and we found out from surveillance, like, oh yeah, well, all of surveillance was watching her play yeah. whenever she came. In. You know, it's like if they could watch some like random dudes playing or her, they would watch her play, and and that drew attention to her. You know, it's like. Not not her fault, but I wish I knew what went on up there. I mean, yeah. it'd be an awesome advantage to know that, but I yeah. I just don't. So, um, but as a female too, I try not to think too much about my physical vulnerability because mm. you know I'm sure I'm five foot two nothing, and um, people have asked me, well, how do you feel about carrying cash? And I I can't think about it. Mm. I just do it. But I'm. Um, but that's one of the advantages to having somebody else that I'm traveling with now yes. feel a little safer. Yeah, no, that's that's really that's really important. I mean, as a you know six two dude, I there's no shortage of times I've asked for a security mm-hmm. uh, escort to my car. I've Just, done it twice. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I don't know how many times because especially when it's you know two three in the morning 
and having to walk one of those giant parking lots and and people saw me in there you know sometimes right. there's a little bit of a crowd watching you know mm-hmm. the the in my uh situation the the young kid like throwing out purple and purple chips or whatever um i i'd rather be safe than sorry and everybody i feel like use that, you know, be safe. Yeah. And I don't know, you, you asked the difference between as a female and a male, but, you know, sometimes you just, you do get a little unwanted attention yeah. at the tables and you just have to deflect, to learn how to deflect that. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I think, it, I'm sure it's different for, mm-hmm. for females, but I, um, I think uh, any AP has to learn how to deflect the, the peanut gallery right. at the table, whether it's the players, the dealer, you know, it's just like, People are like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I just ignore them. Mm-hmm. I play dumb and I ignore them." Yep. You know, if they told me I made the wrong decision, I'm like, "Oh, whoops!" You know, <laughs> and keep playing, and then do the same decision next time. So, a year into full time, mm-hmm. and I don't know, a year and a half into card counting, what do you feel like this has taught you? Oh. That's a separate. That's a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe one one thing. One thing. Um, Blackjack has has reinforced for me mm. that if you make the right choices and you take responsibility for those choices yeah. um, and don't blame those the outcomes for those choices on exterior forces, yeah. that you get to reap rewards mm-hmm. and you get to decide how how much you want to risk and what reward you're after. Yeah. And then you make the choices that will either move you towards that or keep you from it. Oh, I love and it. that the outside forces cannot defeat you if you decide they will not. And so um, you're in charge of your own destiny. That's what it's taught me. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Because I get no shortage of emails or whatever that are saying they've been losing, but it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> It's the other players, or it's you know the casino, or is the casino cheating them, or whatever. And that's just like that's kind of humanity at, at large, is like yeah. blaming everyone, everyone else. And you know, I love the the saying, "Control what you can control." Well, right, and that's something else that I wanted to talk about. And what I was going to say second that Blackjack has taught me is that there are all kinds of outside forces involved in this endeavor that you can't control. Yeah, but you can control the important ones. Yes. And you can control how you respond to those outside forces. And they can't change you unless you let them. Yes. They, so the important things, they have no power over. Yeah. You have the power to decide what you want and to go for it. Mm. That's good. I, I feel like uh, you know we're getting a little deep here. But, okay. but no, no, not in a bad way. I'm just saying I feel like it's worth it for all of us to say what are those things that kind of uh, that, you know maybe make our uh, trigger or whatever so that – that uh, you, you don't want to take responsibility, or, or you mm-hmm. can't ignore it. You can't focus and and you know work work through those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy that that I think a few people know this. There's a guy that was like massively harassing me uh, on, right. online. I don't really even like giving it, giving him the attention about it. But uh, but while that was going on, it's probably still going on. I just ignore it. But uh, there was there was someone else, uh, someone that I follow, kind of. On, on social media that that said he, he had had a similar thing of, of someone like really trolling him and, and like really putting him down in all these awful awful ways and you know that I think for most people that's kind of a trigger when someone is like just really like you know 
defaming you or, or, or you know, saying false things about you. And you wanted to kind of defend, defend yourself. But this person that I, that I was following, he put out a video saying, you know, this had happened to him. And he kind of like stopped doing stuff publicly for a couple of weeks because he felt so defeated by, by this one mm-hmm. troll online. And then someone kind of gave him a kick in the ass and said, uh, hey, knock it off. Get back out. He said, every second you give this other person is a second that's taking away from the people that, that you can help. Yeah. It, was, it was helpful for me, but, you know, because, uh, you know, this guy was like, you know, I'm not going to go out there and like post stuff defaming him or whatever, but it was, it was a distraction. And then mm-hmm. I, I realized, you know what? I cannot control him. What right. I can control is helping the people I can help, mm-hmm. uh, serving the people I can serve, you know, benefiting the people I can benefit, working on my own business, not worrying about that stuff. And, there, those are all things that we have to face in a casino constantly. Constantly. Um, and that they're not going to defeat me. Yes. So, um, it feels like it sometimes, and it's okay, you know, it's not fun. Yes. But there, anything that's worth anything um, is never easy. It's always hard, and that's what makes you strong. Yes. And, and really the difference between someone that can understand, like, that can master the skill of card cutting and someone that can make it as an advantage player mm-hmm. is someone that can pick themselves back up or, you know, you, you get crushed and we will all have our worst <laughs> loss ever at some point. And you're not just going to have one bad loss, you know, 40, 45% of sessions are going to be losing ones, but can you pick yourself back up? I think that's another thing blackjack taught me is it doesn't get easier. Mm. The swings aren't going to stop. Yeah. They're never going to stop. Mm-hmm. And you know the only thing is I decide when yeah. to play, how much to play, and when to stop playing. Yeah. And I get to make that choice. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it because they defeated me. I'm going to yeah. do it because I met my goals and I'm finished with it. Yes. So. I think it, there are some things that can make it easier over time, like when you have been through it. Mm-hmm. And I guess I didn't mean not easier, but they're not going to get be less. Yes. They're always going to be there. <laughs> so. Yep, yep. Yeah. But yes, I understand. It. Go ahead. I, I interrupted oh, no. you. Well, I, I think uh, something I've been thinking about recently is is when uh, I think uh, a fellow AP and a, a female AP, she used the phrase uh, lack mentality, um, mm-hmm. that, that if, if you're constantly, you know, she, she worked in a casino and all the dealers, they had this lack mentality where they're focused on like, well, if, yeah, am I getting enough tips, am I, you know, or whatever, you know. Uh, I think that if you have enough success in advantage play, you you know, I think early on there's this like, am I going to do this? And and a lot of fear around generating EV. And mm-hmm. I think some of the people that have played long enough, they kind of get over that, and they know like it, it does work. It's going to be fine. And and there's a little bit less trepidation, um, but it never gets easy. <laughs> yeah, I think I did have a moment. I can't pinpoint it. I don't know when it is, when it was, but I had an aha epiphany moment at the table. And all I can, I've said this to other people before, and I hesitate to say it because it sounds it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I understood the game. Yeah. And I understood why it worked. Mm-hmm. I understood that's what Evie really is, and this is how you get to it, and I just understood it. Yeah. And that, um, I don't think I could sit down and put that on paper for anybody. It was just something that kind of dropped into me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get it. Yeah. It became clear to me. Um, 
and so I just felt like I could keep doing. I'm a very simple blackjack player. What I love about it is I do the same thing over and over and yep. over again, and nobody's going to keep me doing from doing that, and that's where my success is going to come yes. from. I love the simplicity of it. Yes. But it's hard. Yes. Um, but I love that too because it makes me feel strong. It makes yeah. me feel confident. It makes me feel like nobody can stop me. Yeah. So those things together because I consider myself kind of simple-minded. Yeah. I like plus one, minus one. Yep. I like if you do these deviations and I like calculating EV. Mm-hmm. It just all makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, when some of the more successful um, the folks that do advanced AP stuff at shuffle tracking and card holding, and I'm like, la la, I do not understand that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay with me. I'm, I like what I like the simplicity of card counting cards. Yep, absolutely. I liked thinking that all I need is my ID and my bankroll, yep. and then the skills in my head, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's it. And after losing night, saying, oh, I did everything right, mm-hmm. you know, because I've I've done some poker. Uh, and and other businesses and, and whatnot, and there is a beauty to, uh, you know, you walk away from the poker table a loser, and it's like I I probably made some mistakes. I probably stayed in hands I shouldn't have, or you know tried to bluff when I shouldn't have, or left a hand when I should have stayed in. Um, and with business, you know, there's infinite variables in a lot of businesses. I I love that I know what to do. Yeah. At the blackjack table, I love that too. And I want to do it excellently over and over <laughs> yeah, and over. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and uh, it and there is enough difference, you know, different casinos, and you don't know he. Uh, there's enough that it, it's not so mundane, it, mm-hmm. you know. It's not just in a factory, you know. Right. Well, it does appeal. I think I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I had some acting experience in college, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit of a drama queen and very mm-hmm. melodramatic, and so it speaks to that so I get to indulge that yeah. in a uh-huh. you know in a place where it's not going to impact the real people in my life so I can be as melodramatic as I want to there uh-huh. and play roles and you know <laughs> do all that and it feeds that in me and I was like okay so I never made it as an actress but I'm going to make it as yeah. an AP <laughs> so that's kind of a drive too awesome so a year from your corporate job how how are you feeling about that you miss it you oh I don't not for one second okay. I have no regrets at all uh-huh. um I'm I have an hour and an EV goal for my blackjack career. Yeah. career. Um, and I have moments where I'm like, I hope I can complete those hours, you know, when I'm tired. But that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. And and I, I've become a little bit less rigid, too, because I wanted to do it. I wanted to do 2,000 hours in three years. Uh-huh. I don't have to do 2,000 yeah. hours in three years. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm giving myself a little bit more of a break with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So. Awesome. So uh, from your background in counseling and mental health, how has Advantage Play Life, uh, how has it affected how you see you know, the addiction, problem gamblers? and, and I'll tell you what, that's been one of the, the most difficult things for me. Um, and I had to come to a place in the casino that this is not my therapy office. These people have not come to me. I haven't earned their trust. Mm. I haven't earned the right to speak into their yeah. life and I can't fix them. And um, I, I've gone into you know restrooms and casinos and heard people install so- women install sobbing mm. and I have to fight the impulse to knock on the room. <laughs> do you need to talk to someone? I can't do that. Mm. Um, that's hard, but... 
I have, so I call it my sphere of influence. Uh-huh. I have a sphere of influence. These are the people that I deserve to speak into their lives, that I'm responsible for. Yeah. Those are the people I speak those things to. The others, I just can't because it keeps me from my goals. But that's it. I have a little cognitive dissonance yeah. about that stuff. It's hard for me. Yeah. Um, I, have, I had a man approach me in a hallway once. He pulled me aside and told me his story. I was on my. Oh. I had been backed off, and I was on my yeah. way out. And so I, I sat down with him. Um, he told me he had lost eighty five grand in a year, mm-hmm. and I said, "Please stop playing." And he said, yeah. "He said you know how to play. You're making money. You know what to do. Tell yeah. me what to do." I said, "Look, every resource I have, or had, is at your fingertips too." Yeah. But you've. I said, you know, and I, I told him where to look. Yep. I said, but I can't help you. Yeah. No, I think that you know I. I remember we, we would have discussions about this. People I played on early teams with, uh, you know, you see someone and, and you could tell they, they have a problem and it's like, well, what do you do? And, you know, th- there's kind of this uh, mental exercise of, uh, you know, if, if someone on, walked up to you on the street and they, mm-hmm. they needed money for food, it's like, well, yeah, I could give them money for food. I can afford that. But there is a point at which you, you can't feed every person that's hungry in the mm-hmm. world. Nor are you called to, but like, well, where do you, where do you draw that line? It, there's, there isn't a, you know, a, a clear answer, but, but I think, you know, I feel that tension. If some, I remember someone at a table once saying like, I'm so glad I won that bet. That was my truck payment money. And, and I said, oh man, well, you shouldn't be in here, mm-hmm. you know, but can I, you know, can I help Every person, you know, I, I can't, nor am I called to, it, you know, and, and and they can't hear you say that yes. either. It's just yeah. words and yep. noise to them. Even the friend that introduced me to casinos, I bumped yeah. into him in a casino recently, and um, he said, "He said, are you going to work?" I said, "Yeah, I'm going to work." He's and, and uh, <laughs> he said, "I'm leaving in a minute," and so I've set some clear boundaries with him. But he's not, I can't help him change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's never asked me to teach him how to count cards. He doesn't want to. He says, Blackjack's yeah. boring. <laughs> and there's a big difference with counseling. They're, they're coming to you, mm-hmm. you know. And right. I, I, I used to offer all sorts of unsolicited advice to people, and I don't anymore. Actually, it, it was a, a counselor that told, I, I said, Hey, what's your opinion on advice? Right. <laughs> and he laughed and he said, Oh, I used to offer lots of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very little anymore. I am happy to talk to people if they come to me and ask. Um, but I, I even, even if they ask, I, I try to ask more questions than, you know, just give advice because, uh, you know, it's usually not the most helpful thing to just, but especially when they're not ask, asking you, it's, it's tough, you know, but when you realize that everyone's trying to try, we should probably not go too far into this stuff, but everyone's trying to deal with pain. Everyone's trying to cope with anxiety and chaos and all, all those things and, uh, not to be numb to it, but. You know, to know when and where to help. Yeah, and asking questions is, you know, a great therapeutic strategy. You're Mm. helping them answer their own questions. And that's really the goal is to help somebody come to their own truth or what they have, their own decision, their own motivation to change. And so asking questions is really what what I do, but I don't do it in casinos. Yeah. And there are probably some people listening that are like, what the hell? I thought I was going to hear about blackjack. (laughs) And I say, well, 
No, forget you. This is my podcast. And I'm going to ask the questions I want to ask. And you could skip skip ahead or, or go to the next one or whatever. The next one, though, with okay. you is going to be uh, a lot less about blackjack. But I think it's actually really, really important, something that can really help people. But before we wrap this one up, I just have one or two more questions, which is, uh, what does your family think? <laughs> so interesting. My dad, you know, my, my mother passed away a couple years ago. Well, my dad is awesome. He's a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I saw him after kind of word had gotten out through the family that playing, she's gambling for a living. Um, so I saw him at Thanksgiving. And the first thing he said to me when I came in the door, I can't believe my daughter is in bed with the mob. And I'm like, what, oh, daddy? Oh, <laughs> funny. And so I had to sit him down and I had to speak his language. I said, yeah. dad, this is my David and Goliath moment. I said, I'm not a friend to the casino. Yeah. Otherwise, why would they be asking me to leave? And I said, and Dad, you're a mathematician. Yeah. So I laid the math out for him. Yep. And um, he could never tolerate a casino environment, but my dad would be an awesome AP yeah. <laughs> if he could. Um, and so now he's very supportive, and he just says, please stay safe. Yeah. That's uh-huh. all, that's all yeah. he says to me. Um, I have a brother that's interested in AP at some point, and um on different levels, you know, I used to think about team, oh, I almost said my last name. Um, that would be a bad idea. Team, <laughs> insert last name, yeah. because I have three grown sons, yeah. and they're all interested in APing okay. on different levels. Yeah. But, so, so my boys are really cool, yeah. and my partner, uh, he will be an AP one day. Okay. That's just timing. Uh-huh. So. Well, that, that helps when, uh, you, if your kids aren't like, what is wrong with you, mom? Nope, they love it. Awesome. So I and, have three adult sons. But so. and, and the one that works surveillance, he doesn't work surveillance anymore? He doesn't anymore. work surveillance okay. anymore. He, uh, Otherwise, I'd be asking if we could get a little inside. I know, I info. did. And I said, do you, I did ask him, I said, do you think you could go back in there? And it was like, probably not. It's been yeah. over a year. So. And just to wrap it up, any advice to new APs, especially people that are thinking about transitioning from mm-hmm. different careers? To, um, to be really clear about what your goals are yeah. and if um, if what what you want to do financially is possible with how much uh, risk you're willing to tolerate, what yeah. your bankroll will support, how much time you're willing mm-hmm. to spend investing. Um, I had somebody reach out to me once who wanted to, you know, Wanted to make seventy two grand a year, starting with a three thousand dollar bankroll and work thirty mm. hours a month. Um, and so I just kind of laid those numbers out yeah. and said, "This is what you're going to have to do, and it's going to take some time to build." That you're going to have to here. play like ten thousand. <laughs> It'll take a while, and yeah. so I would say, if someone wanting to transition, just you know, be be realistic about about those goals yeah. financially and time wise and. Um, we'll talk about the other yeah. ones next. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I really think it has, it, it comes down to what are your alternatives. Right. You know, um, if I think why a lot of kind of younger, no kids people can do this is because they don't have a lot at stake. They, mm-hmm. They're not responsible for other, you know, and, and I, yeah. The most common thing, oh, Colin, do you not play because you can't play anymore? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm I'm known, but man, even late in my uh, career with the church team, I mean, playing games that were, you know, two to six hundred dollars an hour. I was playing high limit rooms in Vegas wow. <laughs> as Colin Jones, manager of the church team. Yeah, yeah, I came with back offs and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but no, it had to do with um, what I had 
at stake with a whole bunch of young kids at home and me being gone and all, all those things. Uh, so if you're in a situation, there are people that say, oh, well, I hate my corporate job. I'm just going to quit. Well, you have to know, well, what's at stake? You right. know, um, what's at stake if it doesn't work out? Can you take that risk? And and you already explained before the low cost of living, kids out of the house, you know, um, and you, you knew well what you could generate, what you need to generate. And, and it was, mm-hmm. you were willing to take that risk. Uh, like you said, break down. Uh, ha- deal with the reality of what's mm-hmm. possible, and it's not an easy career. Uh, any not. pro would say uh, it's harder, or how some people put it, it's it's a hard way to make easy money. You know, like yeah, you can make pretty stinging good money as a card counter, but it's not it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. Clocking in, clocking out somewhere where they're just going to hand you a paycheck in a lot of ways is easier, even if it's you know uh, going to suck your soul. But if you take that plunge, you know what you're getting into, and it's really cool that you know a year into it. Uh, it's it's worked out well, and 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 uh, for however long this is, if this is for <laughs> till you retire, or whether it's just for for a great story for a few years, I'm excited to hear how things go. Oh, there are fun stories coming down the pike, including one being stranded on the side of the road for three hours last week. But that's a oh, story that doesn't for sound time. fun. <laughs> it wasn't. Our rental car just <laughs> quit. Yeah. So. Yeah, stuff like that happens. It, it totally does. But thanks so much for sitting down. Uh, we're going to wrap it up because we're going to have some lunch and uh, hang out with some other card counters. But thanks for sharing your story. And, uh, you know, can people hit you up through the forum if they want? Absolutely. Love awesome. that. Awesome. So you can hit up Sassy Red through the forum. And uh, till next time, uh, keep generating EV. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. Thank you.